Thank you, Brother Matt. Thank you so much. I'm going to focus just a few minutes uh, this morning on the idea of humility. The humble uh, do not stumble. Matt has helped us a great deal already singing these songs of praise uh, to the greatness of God. And that really is the great secret of humility. The more we know about God and all that He is and all that He's about, then the much easier it is for us to be humble. The humble do not stumble. Of course, we're not talking about perfection here. Even the most godly among us disappoint God. We're not talking about perfection here. But if all of us can see, we can all see that, that being humble is absolutely necessary to have faith and to be faithful to God. James 4 verse 10, you recall, the scripture says, humble yourselves in the sight of God and He will lift you up. Peter says in 1 Peter 5 verses 5 and 6 that we ought to be clothed with humility, clothed with humility. May we never take those clothes off. We're to be clothed with humility. And so for just a few minutes together, we want to do two big things about being humble. First, we want to notice what it is not, what it does not involve. And then first, what does it involve uh, to be humble? So let's begin with, with what it does not involve. Okay. Being humble is not about being insecure. Being humble does not mean that we're insecure. It is not a sin for us to know who we are and what we are called to do and to be before God. We think about the example of Jesus always when it comes to humility. Matthew 11, 28 through 30, Jesus declares himself to be meek and lowly in heart. Indeed, he was that way. But looking over to John 13, Jesus displayed humility when he washed the disciples' feet and served them. If you notice in John 13, in verse 3, it makes a, the scripture makes a little remark about Jesus there. It says that Jesus understood that God had put all things into his hand and he understood that he was from God and that he would be returning back to God. John 13, verse 3. And so in that manner, just like Jesus, we also must know who we are, what we're called to do, and why we are here and where we are going. Okay. So being humble does not mean that we're, in, that we're insecure. Okay. Our security, of course, is found in the Lord and in Him alone. 1 John 5 and in verse 13, John says, I write these things unto you, my brothers, that you may know, those of you who believe, truly believe, that you may know that you have eternal life. Our security is in the Lord. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, he says, Brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you and wherein we stand. That's where we stand. We stand in Christ and the gospel, and that's where our security is. 
Being humble does not involve being insecure. It's the very opposite. Because we are humble, we're secure in Christ. There's a little statement that is made in Acts 10 and verse 15 that, that uh, really was brought again to my attention sometime this past week that really uh, needs to be underscored. Acts 10, 15. You recall Peter has a vision, sort of a dream. And in that dream is brought to him some animals that under the old law, it would be wrong for him to eat, such as reptiles and birds. And Peter is told in this vision, Peter, rise, kill that and eat it. And Peter said, not so, Lord. Nothing unclean has ever come into my mouth. And then God said this. He said, what God has cleansed, don't call that common. Now, of course, the lesson here is that Peter is to understand that Christ and his goodness, Christ and his gospel is now available to both Jews and Gentiles. Okay. But think about that statement. What God has cleansed, don't call that common. If God has cleansed us through the blood of Jesus, through our submission to him, then we're no longer someone just common. We're not just like somebody else walking on the streets of the earth. Rather, we have been set apart by God and we can know that we have eternal life. So being humble does not involve being insecure. And it does not also, it does not involve being indecisive. Being humble does not mean we're indecisive. Not at all. Jesus is the most humble person ever and he was very decisive about why he was here. You remember in Matthew chapter 16, that Jesus was explaining that he would be killed one day and on the third day he would rise again. And Peter said, Peter took him aside. Peter said, Lord, this is not going to happen to you. We're not going to allow this to happen to you. And Jesus said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, for you are minding the things of man, not the things of God. Of course, Jesus was very decisive, very determined that he would do the will of the Father. Again, in Matthew 26, 52 and 53, you remember as they arrested Jesus, that Peter took out his sword and cut off a man's ear, and Jesus said, put up your sword. All those that take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you not know, Peter, that at this time I could call legions of angels? If it was my will to not go to the cross, I could take care of this matter right now. Jesus was very humble, but he's also very determined and decisive, and he wants us to be the same way. He wants us to understand that we can know the truth and know that we're following him. John 8, 31 and 32, the Lord says, If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The Apostle Paul follows up on that in Ephesians 5 and 17. He says, Don't be drunk with wine, but rather understand what the will of the Lord is. <clears throat> there are some who are happy to, today to declare that they're on a spiritual journey, that they're spiritual, but they're not religious. They're on a journey. They're, they're on a life of discovery. And one day they believe this, and then the next day 
they, they believe that. They're, they're floating around. They never really land anywhere. They still haven't found what they're looking for, and they intend never to find it. They just want to be spiritual. Okay. And that's the way a lot of folks think today. But that's not the way the Lord wants us to think. He wants us to understand there's nothing wrong. There's nothing prideful about being distinct. In fact, to follow Jesus, we must be distinct. Jesus himself declares in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. Okay. He declares in, in John 10, and verse 7, I am the door of the sheep. Okay. We can know the way, we can see the way, and we can be in the way and still be humble. Being humble does not mean that we're in, indecisive at all. You know, the Apostle Paul declares that the church, 1 Timothy 3 and verse 15, he declares that the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. The pillar and ground. I enjoyed when our girls were young, I enjoyed getting to know once again Winnie the Pooh and Tigger too. And little piglet. And Pooh Bear would declare himself to be a, a bear of very little brain. He was, he was fluffing stuff, is what he was. Fluffing stuff. Well, fluffing stuff belongs to fairy tales, but, but we're of the church. And the church is to be the pillar and the ground of the truth. So being humble does not mean being in indecisive and it also does not involve being inactive either okay it is not does not mean that we're insecure it does not mean that we're indecisive it does not mean that we're inactive there was no one as busy as the lord jesus acts 10 38 says that jesus continually was going about doing good and we can just we know the good that he did he cast out demons he healed people all kinds of sicknesses. He taught the gospel. He taught, he taught the word. He, he showed what, who God is. He showed what God is like. Jesus went about doing good. There are some folks, it seems like we've become a culture, culture that has dwarfed into being really a bunch of reporters and analyzers. And if you just stop and think about it, that's not, it doesn't take a lot of intelligence for me to make that statement. It is very, very obvious. We have dwarfed into a society of reporters and analyzers. And people are getting paid great sums of money to do those two things. Be that as it may, the Lord wants us to be doers. There's nothing humble about being a reporter, nothing humble about being an analyzer, but there's something very humble about being a doer of the work. See. Uh, Brother Hester was talking about this morning earlier about a wise man. I like this statement that Jesus brings up to us in Matthew 24 in verses 45 and 46. Matthew 24 45 and 46. Who then, he says, Matthew 24, 45, 
Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed, notice this, blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. What does Jesus want to find us doing when he comes? He wants us to find, he wants to find us doing. What does the Lord want to see when he comes? He wants us to see, he wants to see his servants so doing, so serving. And that is what pleases him. So there are several things that being humble does not involve. Let's notice just a few things now that being humble does involve. First of all, it does involve submission. It does involve submission. Let's go ahead and read together Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5, which is so crucial to read concerning humility. Philippians 2, beginning in verse 5, a familiar passage to us. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. Being found then in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Okay, if we're going to follow Jesus here, we first of all understand that being humble means we're submissive. We're submissive. To submit means to put yourself under another. For us to submit, we put ourselves under God. When you look at the passage of humility, about humility in 1 Peter 5, verse 6, Peter has it like this. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. That, that, that phrase is very important in understanding humility. Put yourselves under, humble yourselves under, under the mighty hand of God. And that's what Jesus did. Notice here in Philippians 2, he became obedient, obedient unto death. He was submissive to the will of God, as you know. Now let's, let's find at least one statement here that really brings us home to us. Look in your Bible at John chapter 6 and verse 38. Look what Jesus says in John 6 and 38 about submission. John 6 and 38. Okay, just a little short statement, but this is like a motto for us. This is like a rally call, a rallying call. Okay. This, this is a call to war. This is a call to live for Jesus. You know, they had these, these rally calls in the Old Testament. When, when the Lord led Gideon and the army over the Midianites, the rally call there was they were to shout before they gained the victory. They were to shout, the sword of the Lord and for Gideon. The sword of the Lord and for Gideon. When King David went against his enemies, one of the rally calls in those days was that the battle belongs to the Lord. Here in John 6, 38, Jesus says, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And I suggest to you that is our cry. That is our rally. That is our motto. This is what we ought to be thinking and drinking and eating. We ought to get up and eat and chew and drink and swallow this every day of our lives. Follow Jesus in this regard. He says, I have, why am I here? I have come down from heaven. 
not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Wouldn't it be great if we truly made that our aim in life? Basically, to be humble is to deliberately submit my will to the will of God. That's what it means to be humble. To deliberately submit my will to the will of God. And then to be humble also uh, means self-denial. We see that here in Philippians 2 with Jesus. It says he, the King James says he made himself of no reputation. Others translations say he, he emptied himself. He emptied himself. It's a tremendous thought. In John 13, when Jesus was about to wash the disciples' feet, John 13, verse 4, it says that Jesus first took his outer garments and laid them aside so that he could serve man. That is a picture of the bigger scheme of how that when Jesus left heaven, he laid aside the glories of heaven so that he could come and save man. He emptied himself, made himself of no reputation, and he came here for us. That's what it means to be humble, to, to have self-denial, self-denial. It's an amazing thought. It's, it's something we really can't put good words to. Just to state it and think about it. John 17, Jesus prays, verses 1 through 5 in there somewhere. But he prayed, Father, the hour is coming now. Jesus is about to go to the cross. He said, Father, glorify me with the glory that I had with you before I left heaven, before the foundation of the world. Jesus had some glory up there in heaven that he had to lay aside in order to come down here and make salvation possible for us. And so if we're going to be humble, we must have a lot of self-denial going on in our lives. One preacher by the name of George, he said it this way. He said, George said, when I became a Christian, I died. I died to George. I died to George's likes. I died to his opinions. I, die, I died to his preferences. I died to George. He said, when I died, I died to the world. I died to the world's likes and desires. I, desi I died to the world's approval or disapproval. He said, I simply now, since I have died on that day, died to myself, I simply now study to show myself approved only to God. And I thought, when I read that, I thought, that's not too bad at all. That's self-denial combined with a study of Scripture. 2 Timothy 2.15 says we ought to study to show ourselves approved unto God. That's, that's, why are we studying? Why are we giving our best to, to look into the Scripture so that, so that we can die to self and be approved only to God? And then to be humble means to sacrifice. As you know, Jesus was not just obedient, he was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He gave himself up for us. 
And we must learn to follow that path. Most people just want to add Jesus. Just want to add him. They, they want to, they, when they learn about Jesus and, and, they, and their conscience kind of pushes, pushes them a little bit, and they say, yeah, I need to have Jesus. I, I, they just want to add Jesus to their life. You know, they want to keep on doing what they're doing. They just want to add him, just like adding milk to your coffee. or something. Just, add, just like adding a new app to your phone. I, I, just want, I don't want to change anything. I just want to add Jesus to my life so that I can feel better about what I am doing. Just add water, just add kids, just add milk, just add Jesus. Okay? That's not conviction. That's not Christianity to think about just adding Jesus on, just, just putting, putting him on, on the list that I've already got going in my life. No, that's not Christianity. That's not being humble. Being humble means sacrifice. It means giving up ourselves. It means giving up actual things that, that we desire for the eternal in, interest of somebody else. And then also being humble means shame. This is the one place where, where don't look to, we don't look for Jesus in his example, but we look to Jesus and his teaching. Because Jesus would have no shame for sin because he never sinned. But he taught us to have shame. A humble person will have shame for his sin. Luke 18, 9 through 13, you remember Jesus tells the story about the two men who went to the temple to pray, one the Pharisee, one a publican. The Pharisee, as he prayed, could not even get to a prayer because he kept talking about himself. But the publican, way off over there in the corner, could not hardly bring himself to look up to God. But he smote his chest and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. It's a humble person, has shame, feels shame, knows shame for his sin. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 5, 3 through 5, Blessed are those who mourn, for they should be comforted. Blessed are the meek. Okay. Blessed are the poor in spirit. This is being shameful for your sins. 1 John 1, verses 8 through 10 says, he who says he has no sin deceives himself and the truth is not in him. We must, we must know and feel that shame. It's easy for us to see that other people ought to feel shame for their sin. I mean, you take 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, all those bad, dark-based sins such as fornication, idolatry, murder, and so forth, those people ought to feel shame but any sin before God, because he is such a holy God, any sin before God. What about the sin in James 4, 17? He who knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. What, do we ever feel shame about that? To be humble is to be shameful. And then being humble also means that we are, living, we are willing to live in the shadows. It's not about us. It's not about, not, a, not about me or you being known. It's only about the Lord. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 5. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord and we as his servants. 
we were taught in school many times, Brother Winkler, a few of the other Bible teachers would constantly say, fellows, we are hiding behind the cross. That's what we do. We live in the shadows. There's nothing about us that's appealing to the world. There's only the Lord Jesus. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 2, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I didn't come to you with excellent speech okay, or persuasive wisdom. I want to be in the shadows. I don't want the world to see anything but Christ Jesus coming out of me. And then finally, to be humble is to serve. That's what Jesus is doing there in John 13. It's a, it's a, it's a crazy scene because the disciples are missing it totally. They are arguing about who just might be in a particular position as Jesus gets his kingdom going on earth. And so they're arguing about it. And so a good host there in that room, a good host would, somebody would get up and wash somebody's, wash the feet. A good host will wash his guest's feet. But they're in this room and nobody's budging to start washing the feet. Nobody's about to do that. That might not look like that I'm ready for the kingdom of God in their mind. So you had a bunch of proud hearts and dirty feet. And Jesus came and started washing their feet. They eventually learned that because Peter says, you know, we got to be clothed with humility. So the Lord would have us to be humble. And if we're truly humble, we won't stumble. We'll be walking in His paths and one day we'll be sitting there with him at his throne. We invite you home to the God of all power and to the meek and lowly in heart. Will you come today, right now, as we stand together, as we sing, Brother Matthew?